This is episode 30 of the Rising Man podcast with Spencer Raymond Madden. Wild thing. Da-na, da-na. What's up, Rising Man community, and welcome back to the Rising Man podcast. I'm the host and this creator of the show, Jetty Azuma, and I am pleased to be hosting another episode for you guys this week, especially with the guest and the topic that we have in store for you guys today. Before I get to our guest for this week, I want to make sure that I mention at the top of this episode a very exciting announcement that I just dropped last week on my birthday, and that is I am launching the first ever four-month immersive leadership training that I've ever created. It's called Compass. It's designed to help you discover and ignite your purpose and power. And if you've listened to the show before, you've heard any of my messages, I am so committed to men discovering their purpose and learning how to execute that purpose in the world. I believe that this is the solution to so many of the challenges, so many of the issues that we face as men. And this is the first opportunity that I'm bringing to the Rising Man community for all the men out there who really want to light up their power and ignite their purpose and set the world on fire. So what it is, is it's got a combination of all the greatest growth and development tools and experiences I've had in my life, in my journey as a man, including wilderness immersion, exposure to the elements, clarifying your vision with deep coaching work over the course of the four months, and collecting the tools that you need to live a powerful life of purpose. So this can be your next big growth edge. If you're hearing this and a lot of the messages that have come across have inspired you, have encouraged you to reconsider what your purpose is on this planet and what you want to be doing with your life that you're not currently doing, then listen up and check out the application page. It's posted up in the Rising Man Facebook group. So if you need some more information, head over there to check it out. But please don't wait to do it. Take action right now. I've only got three spots available for the men who are ready to jump in full force. So let me take that opportunity to also mention, if you're not a part of the Rising Man Facebook community yet, facebook.com slash group slash the Rising Man is where you can catch it. Head over there. If you're already a member, keep inviting the brothers because we're just about to get over the 700 men hump. And that's huge. I never imagined we would have this many men at this stage of the process. So thank you guys for all of your ongoing support. Okay. My guest for this week is a brother from up north. (laughs) My man Spencer Raymond Madden was born in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. He is a business graduate turned corporate grinder turned full-time digital nomad adventurer. He's the founder of the Wild Masculine Intensives, a wilderness realignment program where men are immersed in challenging nature opportunities to redefine, rewild, and reconnect with their self-identity and expand their spiritual, mental, and physical growth. He's a cold exposure practitioner. He loves long distance backpacking, going up into the wilderness by himself for days at a time. He's also a registered yoga teacher. He's, he's a jack of all trades, he does it all. And his mission is to inspire men from around the globe to take time out of their busy lives and to go into the wilderness to reconnect with Mother Earth. Clearly you can see why I consider this man a brother, even though we've only known each other for a couple of months now. In this episode, we talked about why it is a requirement, underlined, bolded requirement, for men to get themselves back into nature. We talked about the benefits of having challenging experiences, particularly in nature and in the wilderness, to amplify our performance in our normal everyday lives. The implications of nature connection on our evolving society and how you can begin your journey of getting back into the wild 
especially if you're not accustomed to it. If you're not the kind of person that is one to run out into nature with nothing more than a Bowie knife in your pants like Spencer, <laughs> we, we dialed it all the way down to something digestible for those of us who are not used to being out in nature. So I'll leave it at that. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Without further ado, Spencer Raymond Madden. Spencer Raymond Madden in the building. Good to see you, brother. How are you today? I'm doing great, man. Happy to be here, Jetty. Yeah, I'm happy to connect after all this time, man. That first time that you reached out to me and we started talking about the wilderness and getting guys up against their edge out in nature and in the elements, it was it was love at first uh, bro chat. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. It's always great when you connect with other guys who just really see the power of getting wild and getting out into the wilderness and just really reconnecting with our primal nature. It's something I'm extremely passionate passionate about and to be able to connect with you about it is going to make for a great chat. Yeah, man. And so that's that's what we're going to lean into today is this concept of getting back into nature and activating that part of our DNA, that part of our bodies that most of us in the modern world don't use anymore. And there's plenty of information, plenty of research out there, but it's nothing like actually experiencing it yourself. And a hike in the woods is one thing, but we're talking about we're talking about extreme wilderness conditions, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That's what you're into? Yeah, like I, I, I'm really into everything, but I really am a believer in stripping back the comforts and the safety that a lot of us bring into the wilderness from, from our, our lives such as, you know, we, you know, you see people going into the wilderness and, you know, I'm guilty as anyone of bringing in a huge backpack with all the supplies and all the, all the technical gear you can have. But I really believe there's a part of us deep in our core as men where we need to be out there and not much more than basically our loincloth or our shorts, you know, barefooted with simply a knife and the skills and to make fire from nothing and to really reconnect with our primal nature to really help ground us and and bring us back into the modern world when we return, just, you know, reignited to live and uh, be, be really grounded men for, for our families and our society. <laughs> I love that, man. And I know that <laughs> just hearing you say that makes me feel nervous and on my edge because I consider myself an outdoorsman. I've spent a lot of time out in nature. I've been out there by myself, minimal yep. style, but to be out there in a loincloth with a, with a Bowie knife is a different <laughs> another level. <laughs> yeah, so let's... Yeah. Uh, Let's let's we'll go into that in just a second here. Let me ask you some questions for context. For you, what is the difference between a boy and a man? Jeez, well, for me, it's interesting. This is this definition has actually kind of evolved a little bit since I've started listening to the other guests on the podcast, and it's really been challenging me to think about what it really means to be a man versus a boy. But I think it ultimately comes back down to being responsible for yourself. 
and ultimately knowing that you're not pushing blame onto anyone else and really just taking ownership for who you are as a human and as a man. Mm. Yeah, and that's a, that's a definition that a lot of men on this show have aligned with is that ability to take ownership for your life and that as a boy, we're just exploring, experimenting and testing the world, mm-hmm. so to speak. Um, so th- this concept of letting the world test you once you go out into it as a man in this, in this way of exposing yourself to the wilderness and the elements is, mm-hmm. is really cool. Let me ask you this. What to you is the difference between masculine and feminine? Is there a difference and what would that distinction be? Ooh, this, is, this is a really good question because for the longest time, you know, it wasn't even until I really met my fiance a couple of years ago and she's very much into the more what, I, what I've come to learn as woo-woo and kind of that sort of spiritual side. And I was, I was not that way at all for a long, long time. And she was the first one to really introduce me to the concept of, you know, the yin and the yang and the divine feminine and the sacred masculine and and the real difference. And I think the real thing for me is just that whole idea of masculine energy is that protector role, that provider role um, that we do within our lives. Whereas you contrast that with the divine feminine and the feminine side, and that's more of the, the nurturing, the play, the playful side. So when you can define those two, it's, it's a, it's a very interesting place to be at. And I've, really something I've been playing and learning with and I can't give much more of a definition that because I feel like it's something that's very much evolving but it's it's an interesting topic because I feel like in today's society you know there's so much focus on the masculine within boys and to even mention that a boy or a man may have a feminine side and feminine energies is something that gets a lot of a lot of defenses up very very quickly especially in our our locker room based cultures. Yeah. And I find the same thing that feminine, the word feminine or femininity is immediately associated with women. And to possess anything Mm -hmm. that is woman or female or feminine in a man's body or a boy's body immediately suggests that he's less of a man or that he's gay or some other, the, the narrative is so deeply established. Yes. Weakness also. And it it's created a natural resistance. And if we look at it, I talked about this on the last interview. We, we just look at it. It's just terminology. We're just talking about words that describe a certain way of being. You know? yeah, absolutely. Femin- the feminine, a lot of people say, is that creativeness, that creativity, that flow that a lot of men possess. You know, I mean, there's, there's plenty of men who are artists and creators out there. We all are. So I think it's important to start to break down this narrative and, and recognize that behind it all, above it all, above men, above women, above masculine and feminine, we're humans and that we possess these different qualities regardless of what we call them. So, yeah, I'm glad that you're part of that dialogue too. And, and especially when we're talking about something about like being in the wilderness and being rugged and tapping mm-hmm. into that lineage and that legacy of what men used to do. We know that men in our society were the ones who typically went out and hunted game, spent days away from the tribe, away from the home hearth fire. And that's, that's an important component of what it is to be a man. But to deny ourselves of the complete experience of being a human is is may not be useful yeah absolutely so awesome man cool well thank you for answering those questions let's use that as a springboard to start talking about what you mentioned at the top of the episode you know why why it's so important for us to be challenging ourselves and putting ourselves into the elements why don't you just expound upon that a little bit more why is it so important for a man to strip down to his loincloth grab his knife and go out into the wild sure well i guess you got to put it in the context of how how we're living right now you know, we're living in the context of the first world in a very rapidly 
evolving society. We're inundated with social media. We're inundated with advertising. We are constantly on the go, on trains, surrounded by so many people. And the real thing that comes up from all of this is an incredible amount of noise, just incredible amounts of noise all the time. And you can you can really do all the meditating you want in your room. You can you know try and isolate yourself. But I'm a huge believer that there's something extremely powerful and healing about taking yourself away from you know the cities and the noise and your phones and your electronics and hiking or getting yourself into an area where you you know you, you just literally sit down and you can listen you can hear the birds you can hear the water and then you know you spend enough time i like to i really like to encourage men to go out for 42 to 72 hours before this you know this phenomenon happens but you'll notice when you go out there and you really just you sit with yourself and you explore quietly in nature and just really become part of it you're going to start getting a lot of messages and a lot of things are going to flow through you when you cut out that noise which you know they they can be really impactful for me you know getting into those scenarios you know continually changes changes my life whenever i'm able to just really get quiet and listen you start to hear so many messages uh, in nature that you know it'll it will change you as a man i agree there's that wisdom of the forest that you can't access by watching national geographic mm-hmm. you can't access by watching nature documentaries and Hey, it's it's better than, you know, binging on Game of Thrones, but it's not quite the same as being in the elements, smelling the air, appreciating the temperature changes, all of those things. Uh, I don't know if you're keen to this, but activation of DNA, is that something that you study a little bit and, and being out in nature and how that activates these cellular components of us that we don't normally tap into? You know, it's not something I've looked into a lot. I have heard a little bit about the concept. So why don't you just talk a little bit about it and I I can give you my thoughts on it as well. I have heard a little bit about it. Yeah, pretty simply, it's that there's information that's stored in our DNA that gets passed on genetically. So if you trace it back enough centuries, you know, to wherever you're living in the world, wherever your ancestors came from, they were living closer to nature, whether they were farmers or even farther back if they were hunter gatherers. And so there's still a lot of that information that's stored in our DNA so that even if you were raised in the city and your feet have only ever touched concrete, Mm -hmm. when you go out into the forest and your feet touch the ground for the first time and you smell the pine needles and you feel the moisture in the air, after that 48 to 72 hour window you're talking about, things start to light up. You start to find solutions to problems in nature you know, that you would have never thought of before. You never saw on TV or on a YouTube video. It just shows up. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with that. And it's funny how the, the longer you stay out in nature, the more activated you will really become. And before you know it, you're, you're pulling yourself to come, come back to the real world because you feel like you have fully returned to where, where you're wholly human and you're fully, you're fully in and immersed within nature. So it's an amazing feeling. And it's something that I would really recommend that, you know, every, every man listening to this do, if they haven't done already, at least once in their life is just to really commit to going out and spending a long time in nature alone. And it it sounds kind of crazy from our cozy first world standards, but there's just something extremely primal and that DNA will activate really quickly if you let it when you're out in nature. Yeah, and I'm sure for those people who are listening that have never done that or even thought of doing that, I'm sure the first thought that comes up 
is probably excitement around the idea and then also fear. Oh. Fear of, oh my God, I'm going to die. Or I'll be out in the wilderness and I'll cut my foot and and something will happen to me. And so just talk about that. You know, Talk about navigating that fear and even what does that fear represent and what does overcoming it mean in the long run for an individual? Sure. Well, well, I think it's important to just kind of kind of put some of this fear into context because a lot of the time we go out into nature and yes, we when you're alone and you're solo and you know maybe you haven't told somebody exactly where you are, which I actually advise is probably a good thing to do your first few times or you don't have your little automatic spot device to push when help. It's you know you're cutting you're cutting that sense of a safety net. Um, and you're really going out there and there might be bears or grizzlies or snakes or big wild water that you gotta, you gotta, you gotta be fearful. So you might, you might have some fear around that, but you have to look at how we're living in, in the first world and every single day and, and the fear that we're also living with everything from the fact, you know, you could be in a car crash to, you know, an EMP might go off or a nuclear bomb or, you know, you might have a, uh, you know, a run in with a police officer or something like there's all these kind, all these kind of fears in the first, within our first world modern society, as well as what you get when you go, go out into nature. So you're going to, you're going to find fear wherever. And it really comes down to, are you going to let that fear run your life and ruin your experience? Or are you going to look at that fear, play with it, honor it and then carry forward because there's always the risk that you can fall and break your leg when you're out in nature but there's always the risk that you know you could get t-boned when you're when you're doing everything right going through an intersection that's a great point there is such a propensity for us to want to continue to keep ourselves safe and i'm not advocating for getting rid of that because safety the the part of our ego the part of our psyche that keeps us safe and even where fear is generated from is very useful you know it's it's worth considering the cost and the risks of going out into nature before Mm -hmm. you do it absolutely and then to overcome that to rise above the fear of that to go and be with it because in my experience what happened on the other side of what I thought would happen, you know, the actual outcome, the result of being out in nature by myself was a lot less scary than all of the fears and stuff that I created about it going into it. Absolutely. And I think it's important to, when I work with clients and other men in some of my intensives, I always like to start to do it in what a different, different scales, you know, like I might be able to go out with just my, just my Bowie knife and the knowledge in my head and you know, my loincloth, for lack of a better word. I like to wear pants though. But anyway, you go <laughs> you go with that. And, you know, I, I've done it a few times. And even then, I, you know, every single time I do feel that fear, or that anxiety, that worry about things that could happen. So it's great to do it in stages. You know, maybe if you haven't done it before, you know, go out with a full backpack and a kit and just get out there into nature and just be silent. Like ultimately, nature is still going to speak to you if you have your tent and some food. 200 meters down the shoreline it's you know it's if nature doesn't care what what you're really what you're really bringing with it when you're just getting started so you can always take little safety precautions which can be a great jumping off point for a lot of men who just really haven't had that sort of experiencing and you know quite frankly from time to time I do it as well you know it's I'm not always that guy out there you know building a spear and lashing my knife to it yeah there's different stages of it I think it always comes back to intention and purpose you know it would it really be valuable for a man who's never been out in the wilderness before to go out with nothing but his his pants and a knife? I mean, it's, yeah, 
Pro- probably not. I mean, I'm sure. I mean, hey, you go out there, you survive it. That's a that's a hell of a story and a hell of an experience for you. And I like what you said. You know, I, I also go out into nature in all different kinds of ways. Sometimes I'm by myself. Sometimes I go with my men's team. Other times I'm leading men on vision quests and different experiences like that. So there is a, there's a lot of different ways to do it. I think just this at a at a baseline, getting into nature and connecting because of how much is going on in the world around us. I mean, are you, are you are you familiar with like the effects of 5G and all of the you know, the EMFs and everything that's flying around us all the time that we're unaware of? Um as in like kind of like radio waves and frequencies and stuff like that? Yeah, exactly. Like just the evolution of technology that's happened so quickly that our bodies and DNA can't keep up with. Oh, oh yeah, like this is this is a big reason why I try not to stay in cities too too long because you know, we don't notice the effects in the sense of like, oh, our skin is starting to get it, but starting to get rash or something or an outward symptom. But there's there's tons of symptoms that are occurring inside with just this exposure to, you know, all of these frequencies that we just haven't had for so, so long. And yeah, it's we're only just starting to see, you know, the impact. And over the next 20, 30 years, as cancer rates continue to climb and you know, people, diseases and stuff can continue to rise, you know, at one point, you really have to start questioning, like how much of this is coming from all of these frequencies that our bodies can't deal with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm not one to, to be a proponent of fear or to say anything that's going to generate or populate more fear. But if we look back on history, what, if there's one thing that's certain is the way in which humans and life on this earth evolves it happens in cycles. And so at some point, whether it's in this lifetime or it's in our children's lifetime or a few generations down the road, the way in which we live is going to change. It already has changed rapidly just in our in our generation. So a lot of people think that because of how many people there are on the planet, because of how much technology is advancing, something is going to happen that's going to force us back in the mm-hmm. other direction mm-hmm. or forward into a more natural way of living, depending on how you look at it. So that's a realistic consideration is why not start to prepare yourself to live in a different way? If, at the very least, give yourself the resilience and the knowledge and the skill set to survive in a multitude of circumstances. I'm sure that's something that you support and advocate. Well, uh, you just hit on you just hit on my jam and 100 percent there, Jetty, where I didn't really look at the world in such a holistic way for, for a very long time. And, you know, in the last few years, I've really started looking at, you know, the effects of population and quite frankly, our economic model, which is set up for infinite growth in a finite world, which is something that is not sustainable. And you put, you know, 8 billion people on the planet or something like that right now. And 2050, I think they're saying 10 billion. And ultimately, you know, we can't continue to grow and expand on our finite planet, how we have, and you're starting to see the effects of on the planet of everything from, you know, huge open strip mines to huge ghettos and poverty and pollution of the ocean and, you know, nuclear waste here at X, Y, and Z. And it's, it's not getting any better. You know, there is a, there's a huge movement of people who are advocating for the earth and are advocating for, you know, the continuation of what we were doing you know, spiritually and mentally and physically, but there's also huge components, including our governments, which are not looking at the bigger picture. So to have some of these skills and these awarenesses is something that, you know, it's kind of fun and challenging right now, but there may come a time when 
that's actually your uh, really does become a survival skill for you and your family. Yeah. And I, I think if you look at it from one side, I know when I used to, when I became privy to this information, it is, it sunk me. In fact, I went into a depression. This is like my early twenties. I've talked about on the, on the show before where I was smoking a lot of weed and just numbing myself. I know you can relate to something similar. Absolutely. Is that I felt, I felt the weight of the world. And I said, what the hell is the point? If this is where we're going, what's the point? That's one side of it. That's one way of looking at it. Whereas if you take this information in, recognize that this is just a, a cycle, a circle of life, things that are evolving and changing based on an innumerable factors, mm-hmm. then how, what it, the role we get to play in, in perpetuating the human species and continuing to be around is preparing ourselves for what might come mm-hmm. the best that we can and, and preparing our children and preparing our communities and our close knit tribes to so so that we've got something to lean on when if and when that stuff happens so yeah absolutely you know there's a lot of talk about you know collapse of civilization and collapse of this this and that what i like to think of it more as you know a radical shift or radical realignment that will be coming you know whether it's in our lifetime or the next time but something will be coming and it'll just it'll be no different than when you know you know the viking civilizations collapsed or you know, the ancient Sumerian civilizations collapsed per se, like it it just came back to where it's going to be a realignment and it'll ultimately, you know, until it happens, we're not really going to know. So it's, it's kind of balancing that. I know at least in my case, it's balancing preparation and, and the survival and the getting out in nature with not getting so caught up in it because at the end of the day, we're just one, one person on an 8 billion person planet and things are going to shake out how they're going to shake out. So I really encourage the men listening who may get caught, maybe getting caught up in that anxiety and worry about the depression to just really remember that to affect the collective conscious. It really starts with just working on yourself and, and putting in the reps and, and growing yourself spiritually, mentally, and physically. And by you changing that, you're going to change your environment, which is going to snowball into the collective consciousness. And, you know, you start encouraging other brothers to listen to this podcast, to start the personal development. And before you know it, you know, we have a legion of men who are, who are conscious and really, you know, in mother nature's corner and, and who knows what kind of possibilities can come from that. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. And even to take, to go from that zoomed out hypothetical futuristic perspective and to bring it back to something that's present, when you go out into nature and you test your metal against the elements and not even, I don't even like to use the context of being up against nature or, or battling with nature. Yep. I like to think of it as integrating with nature, as blending yourself into your natural environment. There's something that comes back with you. So even if you're listening to this and you're a six-figure CEO that you know has a corner office in a high-rise building, there's something for you out there when it comes to seeing what your edge is, seeing what happens when things are breaking down, when your survival literally is on the line that will benefit you in your life back in your business back in your home life your family the way you show up as a as a man and take care of your personal health and wellness and well-being so can you just talk a little bit about that what you've seen maybe for yourself or for the people that you work with and around sure absolutely well i'll I'll go talk a little bit about myself and just how I, i frame this context to you know my clients and some of the men that i've worked with is really when you go out into these situations especially when you start stretching it out over a week or you're adventuring for a longer period of time you're really creating a well of experiences to draw on for 
any challenges you may face in, you know, the modern first world throughout, throughout your life, whether it's, you know, a challenging business deal or, you know, trouble with your family or any of those things that when you've had these experiences, these primal experiences within nature, where it's really comes down to like you, you know, where you could potentially die and you push through these experiences, these are just invaluable to draw on when you feel any sort of sense of weakness or anxiety or depression about your life to just remember that, you know, you have gotten through these experiences. I know one that I, I typically draw on when I, you know, we can get into rites of passage later, but when I was taking my own rites of passage, which I ended up creating myself because I, you know, I wasn't offered one through the way I was raised. I was down at the end of the earth in Patagonia and I ended up with a full backpack on falling into what I can only really describe as quick mud. And I was literally disappearing in, in into this island in the middle of nowhere, like got my pack off and, you know, it was 30 minutes of struggling life or death. And, you know, it's one of those things where you try and relate it to, to people and you can't really understand. I know men who've really had that life or death experience can, can probably relate on some level. And, you know, it was just, just me trying to survive for 30 minutes to extract myself from, from this huge amount of quick mud at the end of earth. And, you know, I got myself out and, and carried on with, with my adventure and, and my rite of passage. But that is something that I, I frequently come back to throughout my days when I feel like I'm, you know, struggling, like maybe a, a client dropped off or, you know, I'm having technical issues with, with setting up the podcast or something like that, where you just feel a little bit stressed out. And then you just take a step back and be like, uh, this, this is nothing. Like I, I survived quick mud at the end of the world and got on with it. And, you know, I, you just hear all of these experiences from people who get out into nature with all of these amazing, just amazing lessons that nature has taught them and they can, you can draw on them for the rest of your life. And I think that's one of the most impactful things of why I highly encourage men to get out into nature and really experience it because you can draw on these for the rest of your life. They can never be taken away from you. Yeah, I can attest to that as well. Having gone out and fasted in the wilderness for four days and four nights by myself. And there's so many things that come up on an individual level, but just seeing an edge and, and being at an edge that doesn't come up when the grocery store is down the block. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. When you know, when you know, quote unquote, know with great certainty that you're going to have food and where your food is coming from, you show up a different way in your life. It's not something that you worry about or concern yourself with. But when you're out in the elements and you're like, I'm not eating for the next four days and your body has to figure out how to survive, it does. It, it gives you another gear. It gives you another perspective on your life. And I just came back from uh, t- from being a supporter in a ceremony out in the in the high mountains where I saw people go to really, really incredible edges to the point where I asked myself, I said, I don't even really know what I'm fully capable of. If there's people who walk this earth who can do this, who can bring themselves to this edge, then I still must have like 10 or 11 more gears that, that yeah. I could tap into. So again, just back to the point, I think it's invaluable experience for anybody, regardless of whether you want to apply that to a work or career context, your business or your family or personal health, spirituality, whatever it is, it's important to lean in to your edge and also recognize that I know for me, when I went out and fasted, that was about four years ago at this point. I can remember that experience, but if I don't go back and tap tap into the well and mm-hmm. bring myself to the edge periodically, mm-hmm. then 
being late for my meeting or, or sending that email off to that potential client becomes a mountain again. But when I came back from that, it was like, I got this. Everything's easy. So <laughs> yep. how often do you try to get out there and, and re- renew that vigor and that sense of what's possible? You know, personally, I'm a big believer in working and aligning my life with the seasons. I feel like that's something that just has worked with me. So I really try to get, you know, my 40, 48 hours, 72 hours solo in in every season because I think it's important to you know, experience your environment in all of the different conditions because it's a it's a heck of a different ball game when you're out there in the winter trying to do this as opposed to the summer. You know, everything changes from the temperature to the type of game that's out there to the plants that are available to the fact the water might be frozen versus running. And it's just it's good, you know, like we we're so committed to our jobs and all of our careers where we're, you know, we're working the nine to five or we're putting in, you know, hundreds of hours every, every, every month into other things, but we're not putting this time in to ourselves to grow ourselves in nature. And I really think, you know, if you think about it, 72 hours is, you know, not a lot, like three days of the three days of the year or 12 days, if you do it each season, it's not a lot in the grand scheme of things, and it can do so much for your life. So that's usually what I recommend. Honestly, I try and get out a little bit more than that. But I like to set you know, a firm 72 hours once a season, whether I need it or not, but you always need it, but 72 hours. You always need it. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> something you said right there triggered something in me thinking about the world is not going to give this to you. The The world, the, the society we live in is not going to give you the 48 or 72 hours. There's a, a, a space that you get to claim back for yourself. You get to reclaim your wilderness, your connection to nature. And I know that that's difficult. Believe me, I, I'll, I'll be very honest. I have a hard time doing it myself because there are so many things that I'm committed to, especially with a family. Absolutely. That's like a whole nother element on top of a career. So how do you support people, either yourself or the guys that you work with, getting over that hump, making that decision to really claim this opportunity for yourself? Well, I know for personally, for me, it's, it's a non-negotiable. I, I know from the effect of me not doing it, if I don't do this every season or, you know, get out every, make time for it every month or go hiking every week, that it's very noticeable in, you know, how I approach my life. Things start getting, you know, I like to, I like almost like to say it's a little bit tighter. Like I feel like a little bit more uptight. Um, you know, I, I'm not as great with, you know, my fiance or with my cousins or with my colleagues and you start to notice it. And then you really think about like, if I'm acting like this, isn't it worthwhile for everyone around me, including myself to, to just carve out that time and make that 48 hours or 72 hours a non-negotiable so that I can be the best man for myself, for my family, for my community, for the collective consciousness. And it really comes down to you just have to commit and make time for it. Otherwise, it'll get you'll just get swept up in, in your life and it really won't happen. And, you know, one thing I like to do with people when they say they can or not is you just really you just make a benefit, uh, you know, a pros versus cons chart. And when you start doing the pros and you've gone out there into the wilderness once or twice and you really know what the pros are, you're going to see very quickly that with you making and committing to that time, there's going to be a lot more pros than there's going to be cons. Yeah, I agree. Anyone who's been out there before, once you actually start thinking about it, and once I take that first step onto the trail, 
I remember. There's like a cellular memory that's like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes I, at this point, I just, even if I have a lot going on in my life and I'm having a hard time breaking away to take that time for myself, I know that I just got to take that first step onto the path mm-hmm. and, and then it'll all sink in. But what about for people who haven't done that? Let's pretend that there's people listening to this that are like, oh my God, barefoot out in the woods. That's disgusting or that's <laughs> <laughs> dangerous. How do you, how do you support somebody getting across that threshold? Well, you know, if you I would first look into your network and see who you have that is quote unquote wilderness oriented or an outdoorsman and really get in touch with them and just, you know, start the conversation with them because so much of, so much of this getting out and getting started, it is, is us, kind of blocking ourselves with the fears and the anxiety and the worry before we even really start because we don't really know what it's like. It's that fear of the unknown. So connecting with, you know, like-minded, like-minded men who can help you get started on that journey, I think is, is really the first place to start. I'd also recommend, you know, you can look into, you know, courses or wilderness 101 or wilderness survival 101, or quite frankly, like if you haven't really done it before and you know, your very quote unquote city and look, look at the camping 101 from your local uh, REI or if you're up in Canada, MEC and just, just take a course from there or just, just start small and, you know, pick a hike that's maybe, you know, one mile to the campground and go rent yourself a tent and get all the gear and, you know, hike up there and just, just, just get started is the biggest thing I can really say. You know, you can talk all you want on a podcast about the benefits and our stories, but until you actually get out there and as you said, activate that DNA, you know, it's just, it's just words in the wind. You have to get out there yourself. So just start small, realize that, you know, even two, three, four generations ago, we talk about this concept of wilderness, but really like it, if you start scaling it back five or six generations, nobody, like none of the first nations of North America thought of it as wilderness. That's a Eurocentric term. They they thought of it as their environment and this great environment that gave them everything they need and taught them all the lessons they could ever need. So if you start thinking about it from, you know, five, six generations ago, like this is, this is how humans were meant to live for, for hundreds upon hundreds of years. And if you can tap into that, it's a very powerful place to be. And you realize 48 to 72 hours isn't so bad. You know, you're not, you're not hunting Buffalo on the plains for the rest of your life here. Yeah. I agree. I'm glad that you introduced that perspective shift because that's, that's, there's a lot of truth in that. You know, we were, if you believe that we were born into the world with everything that we need, then who needs shoes? Who needs clothes? Who needs walls and internet and Wi-Fi? It's all of these constructs are simply things we've created to exist in a world that we've created. And frankly, a lot of people dislike the world that we live in for one reason or another. We, we crave the comfort, but do we really like the comfort? I mm-hmm. think that's an important question. Like, do you, do you imp- appreciate more being out in nature and out in the elements, or do you really enjoy sitting in front of your TV and watching Netflix? Not just what feels good or what your body craves at this point, mm-hmm. but what do you actually enjoy? And I think that that's an important question for us all to, to be with. Absolutely. And just as a side caveat to that, let me tell you, once you've got out and you come back from your little 72 hour mission and you're feeling all revitalized, you're, you're really going to enjoy sitting in front of that fire and kicking up your feet and, you know, watching, watching the ball game and, you know, cuddling with your lady or your kids or whatnot, because once you come back from something like that, you really start to appreciate just how amazing it is to have all of this technology 
ease and all of these comforts and just how, you know, really privileged we are in the first world to be living like this. But you also get that sort of that sense of edge of that there is more and that you could take or leave this at any time, which is an exciting place to be at. Yeah, I'm glad you said that, too. There's that element of gratitude that comes in there. And we take so much of what we have for granted. The fact that you and I can have this conversation and share it with people all across the world in a second is a luxury. That's not that, that that's not something that, you know, is is guaranteed. That's that's a luxury that we have right now at this point in time. And absolutely, we come to appreciate things more when we recognize that they're not guaranteed and we may not always have them and that we also don't need them. A lot of people believe that we need the couch, the comfort, the Netflix, mm-hmm. the fire, the quote unquote safe place. It, it, it's not necessarily true. So, you know, before we before we wrap up here, I want to uh, I want to give you an opportunity just to share a little bit more about your personal journey. I know that, you know, when we first started talking, you you were you told me about how as a younger man, you were very much into the punk rock scene. Mm-hmm. And I just want you to speak briefly about how you broke out of that and, and how wilderness exposure and leading groups and teams of men showed up after after all of that. Sure. I'll just give the bit of a rundown because it's. <laughs> Everyone has their journey. And that's one of the things that I just absolutely love about this podcast is just how how truthful and raw all of your guests and, and you are. And it's something that is just, you know, inspirational to me. And just, it's so appreciated and needed because I feel like so many of us men tend to, you know, bottle our stories up and only share the glimmers or the successes and not really a lot of that internal struggle that is really, you know, quote unquote, frowned upon by, you know, our mainstream society for men to act. So thank you for that and everything you do. And I'll, I'll jump into a little bit more about, about my journey. So, you know, I was born up in, up in Canada and was really raised in, you know, a semi-religious household. I felt like I was, when I look back and I've done a lot of work around it, I was a very aware youth. I was fortunate enough that my father and family took us camping almost every weekend and I was really exposed to nature at a young age and just really really resonated with it I loved animals like most kids do you know I loved just picking up rocks and just really just absolutely loved everything that was about it and as I as I continued to get a little bit older and into my preteen years I really started to question a lot of things about religion and dogma and that sort of things and you know wasn't really super receptive in in my household and I became, I guess, a little bit of the black sheep and morphed into more into like the skate BMX kind of scene through my through my early and, and late teens and really just closed off a lot of my love of nature. I stopped getting out into the wilderness. I stopped doing this and evolved into, you know, high school where, of course, like many of us in our journey start picking up other other vices, everything from sex to drugs, smoking weed, drinking, etc. And of course, I was, I was a, a part of that as well. And it really culminated when I was in around grade 10. So I guess that's about, about 16 years old, I just ended up just at one point just carrying so much anger inside. And, you know, I was never really someone who would express it outwardly, other than with kind of like the shirts I would wear and that kind of stuff, but never really talked about this stuff to anyone. And I just, I bottled it up inside and just had so much anger towards the world that when I look back, I'm like, I don't even know how I carried that anger, but it resulted in me um, trying to take my own life by swallowing a bunch of Advil and stuff. And like, at, at that point, I 
I kind of had this epiphany moment where I'm like, Oh my God, I like, what am I doing here? And ended up just doing like James Bond did and swallowed a whole bunch of salt and puked it all up and kind of just was like, wow, that was my first little epiphany moment of this is not really how I want to live. And I, you know, I did a little bit of work about around, okay, well maybe I'll get back to nature. But before I know I got caught back up with women and drinking and partying and continued on doing, doing all the shoulds. Like I didn't, I didn't really like school, but I was, I was good at it. So I got in, got into university right away. And then that kind of just evolved into a, a whole bunch of drinking and partying and, you know, failed relationships and just trying to be like really extroverted when I, when I'm not, um, of course, as you mentioned, the punk rock, I was a bit of a sleaze rocker. I played in, played in a local band drums and did that whole scene as well. But this entire time I still had my soul was just yearning to get back to the wilderness and nature, which is not something that I was doing at that time. So I ended up graduating from university, was still partying, was still doing this. So you can imagine like this is going on eight, nine years of, of just constantly, just constantly abusing my body and just, of course, relationships and just taking, taking women for granted and, and all of that stuff that so many of us do when, when we don't really have that rite of passage and, and that direction and something to look at in our life. And it ended up with me in a corporate world in, you know, a suit and tie, which as you can see, like with my tattoos and stuff, is not really my, my form, my ideal way of living. And I, at one point I was just sitting in my office and I just, I knew I had to change. You know, I was, I was on day three of a hangover from binging that weekend and, you know, people were calling me trying to sell me drugs and like just, just a whole bunch of stuff that just was not resonating with my soul anymore. And I just kind of had that moment where I'm like, I, I can't do this anymore. I need to, I need to go back to nature. So I ended up handing in my letter the, the next day to my boss and kind of told my family that, you know, I was leaving and I ended up just jumping in, jumping in my car and heading down to the States and just spent four months just trying to go to as many of the wilderness areas that you guys have down there. I know the States is very, you know, there's a lot of development there, but you guys are fortunate enough that you, you protected some areas as designated wilderness areas. So that was kind of my goal. You know, I wasn't looking to go to the big, the big Yellowstone, the big national parks. My goal was I want to hit as many of these actual wilderness areas as that, as I can. I think I ended up getting to about 25 all the way, way from, you know, the Gila wilderness in Mexico to wilderness areas in Colorado and just really spent a lot of time just, just being in nature and just reconnecting. And, you know, quite frankly, like, you know, a lot of crying and a lot of emotional releases and, you know, a lot feel this really releasing a lot of shit, shame and guilt and, you know, built up stuff in, in my life that I had just been carrying around for so many years. And it was just really profoundly healing. And for a lot of this, I was very much like carrying a lot of gear and living out of my car and just kind of starting my survival skills. And after coming back to Canada, I realized that I kind of you know, I needed to create that rite of passage. I needed to give my something, myself something where I was really like disconnected from, from the first world and something that I could really draw on for the rest of my life. And having that conscious realization, I was like, okay, I'm going to do something big. So I ended up flying down to Patagonia with just my backpack. Didn't really tell anyone where I was going. Didn't really make any plans. And I just ended up on some of the, uh, some islands down there and just spent, three months just kind of building my own camps and you know falling in quick mud and just getting stuck in canyons by myself and having more than my fair share of those like holy shit moments where 
if I don't deal with this, like nobody is going to know where I am and I'm just going to be in the bottom of a Canyon and that'll, that'll be my life. So really just really gathering my strength and building my energy and realigning myself through the wilderness. And after three months, I, you kind of realized that this was a great, my time, my time had come to a close here and I carried on back to Canada and began just sort of reintegrating my life and realized I wasn't meant for the corporate world and started my own businesses and ended up, you know, attracting and aligning with my fiance now. And then from there, the rest is history, just kind of snowballed from there where now my biggest, my biggest passion is just taking men and brothers out, out into the wilderness in all kinds of different settings and just realigning with nature and, and reconnecting. And, you know, it, at the end of the day, the wilderness, I can truly say it, was you know it was in me from a young age like it is in all of us and getting back to it was the greatest thing I I had ever done for myself personally for my businesses for my relationships and quite frankly for the collective consciousness I know for a fact that had I not taken those those months to really realign and and realign myself you know I I might not be standing here today and we might have had a repeat of what had happened with me in grade 10. Yeah Wow. Thank you for sharing your story. And obviously that's the super distilled version of it. Uh, I I appreciate you squeezing it in there because I think it's valuable for after everything we've already talked about for the listeners to understand that you you walk this journey yourself and that sure you grew up with a more outdoor oriented type of family and you walked away from that for a period of time and then you didn't get back to it. When did you hand in your papers? How long ago was that from today? Oh, geez, it's got to be close to like probably five years now a while five ago years. yeah maybe like five, yeah. four or five years ago yeah I, yeah I haven't been back into an office building since nice and and four and four or five years can be a long time and a short time depending on how you look at it you know so anybody out yeah. there who's listening that's like i've never even spent a night out in the woods in a tent it, it there's there's today you can start and mm-hmm. in five years from now, you can be in a position that Spence is in over here. And so it's it's available to everybody, I guess, is the point I want to bring home at the end here. And and yeah, man, thank you for being illustration of another man who can speak confidently about his past, recognizing that y- you gained power from your past. You know, you're not you're not you're not a victim of your past and the things that happened to you. They've elevated who you've become and, mm-hmm. and given you the power that you need to be of service now in the world. And it's it's great to see you doing what you do, man. Thank you. Excellent. So we're going to, I know you and I will probably have many, many conversations in the future. So no need to try and squeeze it all into one interview, but let's uh, wrap up with a couple of rapid fire questions here. What's the one thing that you've learned in your life that you wish you knew when you were 18 years old or maybe 16, because I know that was a big turning point for you too. Oof. Wait, one thing I wish I knew, geez, I guess I wish I knew that the idea that you should never try and figure women out because you never will be able to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, and that the and just to know that, you know, if I if I had known when I was 16 that the wilderness is always waiting, that would have served me really well because I was very lost at that time. But just everyone know that the wilderness is always waiting. It's not going anywhere. But you also want to start taking advantage of the fact it's there for you today. I like that. The wilderness is always waiting. I actually needed to hear the thing about women as a 25 year old so yeah. it's funny. <laughs> at 18 it's just, i'm sure that would have saved me a lot of anguish <laughs> it's a re- reoccurring theme for pretty much all men and, and i know it's it's definitely a struggle for all of us at times i still need the reminder man i'm just gonna have to have you call me up once in a while and remind me that i'll never figure women out completely yeah, you, you got it <laughs> <laughs> awesome what do you think is the most important value to have as a man 
I would say the most important value to have is integrity to live by your word. If you say you're going to do something, make sure you do it and just, you know, don't make excuses around it. Mm. That's why you're my guy. That's my number one too. <laughs> integrity is a huge one. All right. And the last part, how can people follow you? How can we support you, get to work with you, the socials? What do you want everybody to know? Sure. I guess the best thing, way to get in touch with me is just to add me as a friend on Facebook. I have a whole bunch of other things in the pipeline, but for now, just Spencer Raymond Madden. You know, I always accept friend requests from any men who are interested in the wilderness or getting to know me or collaborate. So that's uh, definitely the best place. I'm also on Instagram at the wild masculine. And yeah, that's, those are probably the two best places. I'm always happy to hear from brothers, whether you're listening to this podcast four years from now, or you're listening to it when it's first up. Awesome, man. And yeah, if you guys, if you guys haven't checked out some of the stuff that Spence puts out there, cause you're not following him yet, you, he's always putting up some great posts and some great opportunities, especially for our Canadian brothers up there. I know that you've been putting together some wilderness gatherings for those guys. So if you guys are listening up in Canada or anywhere nearby, check it out because I'm going to. I'm, I'm already. <laughs> when we get off this call, I'm going to talk to Spence about how we can link up and get out in, in the wilderness together. Yeah, so, absolutely. Uh, yeah, check him out for sure. Yeah. Well, thank you, brother, for taking your time. Uh, this was an amazing conversation. Definitely ignites my excitement to get back out into nature in the wilderness and appreciate the work you're doing, man. Thanks for showing up. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Jetty, and everything you do. And to all the listeners out there as well, just Remember, by taking these small steps and listening to these podcasts, we're going to change the collective consciousness for the better. So just keep showing up and I wish everyone well. Cheers. All right, there it is. Just a really inspiring conversation with a young man out there also doing the good work. Clearly, you guys who have been following me and listening to all of the messages, all of the words and experiences that I've shared with you, you could see that Spencer and myself are really aligned in this mission. And what was awoken for me in our conversation is just how important it really is for men to get back into nature. I used to think that this was something that wasn't for everybody. And I suppose it still is up for everybody to decide whether getting into nature is for them. But when you think about it, we're all natural beings. <laughs> we're all born of this earth, of these elements. And if we're not connecting with the natural rhythms of this planet, then by definition, we are disconnected from the greater miracle that is happening on this planet. And I get that that message doesn't resonate with everybody. I get that you might hear me say that and say, oh, that's just a bunch of spiritual woo-woo. Sure. And I can understand that side of the conversation, but if you're looking at it logically, if we are beings on this planet, then we must be connected to what's happening here. And if we're disconnected from that, to me, that is the explanation why we are willing to deplete our resources, why we're willing to warm the planet by burning fossil fuels without consideration to the consequences, without considering what we're leaving behind for our children. And for me, that's the most important thing, is what impact are we having on the grand scale? What is this world going to become when we're long gone? So if nothing else, even if you're not grabbing your backpack and ready to run out into nature just after hearing this episode, at least consider what are the implications and what are the consequences of you not being connected to nature? What are the consequences of not knowing what you're really capable of in your natural environment? Just think about that. Just think about that for a second. When you come up with something inspiring or thought-provoking, share it with the Rising Man Facebook community, facebook.com slash groups slash the Rising Man. That's where it's all going down. 
I'll also mention again, for those of you who might have missed it at the top of the episode because you were so excited to jump in, Compass is the four-month immersive leadership training that I've designed for men to help you discover and ignite your purpose and power. I've got applications open right now, so go ahead and claim one of those three spots because we're going to be going out into the wilderness together. We're going to be spending four months doing a deep dive into what is your purpose if you don't know what it is already and getting clear on what that is, how to get there and how to execute it in your life. That's what this four months is all about. We're going to do it together as a collective, as a community, as a brotherhood. We'll be out in the elements. We'll be challenging ourselves up against nature the way that Spencer and I were talking about in this episode. And you'll also be able to strategize a way to get into the life that you've always wanted for yourself. So you guys know how important this is to me. I'm really excited to present this opportunity to the Rising Man community for the first time. So if it resonates with you, if it vibes with you, go check out the link to apply over on the Rising Man Facebook page. If you have any other questions, you can always hit me up at the Rising Man Podcast at gmail.com or at jettyazuma at gmail.com. That's where you guys can shoot all your messages. I'm also open to messages on Facebook Messenger. It takes me a little bit longer to get back to those sometimes, but hang tight. You guys know I care about what you're saying and I always get back when I can. Okay, make sure you subscribe or follow on the podcast app you were using. Leave a review or comment with your biggest, biggest takeaways, insights, reflections from each episode, either on the app you use or listen to at therisingmanpodcast.com. As I mentioned, every episode, it really goes a long way to helping other men understand what we're doing here, understand what these episodes are about, and inspire other men to from your story, from your reflections, from your insights that you're having. So please do that. That's how we all learn and grow together. Please check us out on Instagram at the Rising Man Pod. If you guys don't follow me on Instagram there yet, you guys know I put up these teasers, these uh, episode promotions every week that are pretty cool. So check them out there, like them up, share them. Or you can check me out at Jetty Azuma where I'm also putting up that content as well as some other inspiring, motivating pieces to get you guys lit up to take life by the horns. All right, shout out to Sean over at Infinite Melodics, at Infinite, M-E-L-O-D-I-X, my audio engineer, my man behind the screen, making it happen every single week. I appreciate you, brother. Anybody out there who has any audio engineering needs, especially if you're starting your podcast, Sean has made it easy for me to do my job. And so hit him up at Infinite Melodics on Instagram. Until next time, everybody, rise up and claim your destiny.